EasyPay provide funding, payroll and back office services to support the recruitment industry. Go to easypayservices.co.uk forward slash rec live lounge. Recruiters Live Lounge. Lounge.com, where you get to hang out with the most inspiring recruitment business leaders on the planet. Hosted by Roy Ripper. Welcome back, everyone, to Recruiters Live Lounge, where you get to meet and hang out with some of the most inspiring recruitment business leaders on the planet. And my guest today is Mr. Ben Scobie Trumper. Uh, ben is the founder and director at Audentia Recruitment based in London in the UK. Uh, let me tell you a bit about Ben. He's got over 10 years recruitment experience and this guy won Rookie of the Year in his first full year in recruitment for one of the UK's largest IT recruitment agencies. Since then, he's worked in multiple sectors, including construction, pharma, and gaming. And he believes that once the recruitment process is learned, he actually believes it, but he's demonstrated it, once it's learned, it can be transitioned to any industry, any niche, any specialization. Ben set up Audentia Recruitment uh, just two and a half years ago, um, which serves the e-gaming space both online and offline. And he hopes soon uh, to be just, well, in fact, not even hopes, he's expanding that business, all right? He's expanding that business, it's growing. Um, ben, I hope I got all of that right. How's it going? Yeah, it's good, Roy. Good. Yourself? I'm, I'm, I'm well, thank you. A little bit of a sore throat, but I'm okay apart from that. Um, ben, tell us a bit more about the work that you guys do at Audentia. So Audentia, we are a niche consultancy. We serve the gaming space, um, as you said, both online and offline. So what that means is on the online side of things, it's all kind of IT uh, across to marketing, sales and admin. And off the offline, it's more casino based. So you're generic casino roles, casino dealers, uh, all the way down to, to doorman as well. Fantastic. Um, on, on the online side of things, gaming really moves forward industries. So it's, it's like the finance industry in terms of it has to handle some real high levels of transaction. If sure. you think about just the Grand National, for example, they're getting some serious traffic on those days. So we need to put people in place that can handle those systems and make sure that they're robust enough that they don't go down because if they go down during a big event like that they're going to lose a hell of a lot of money which is not good for anybody i hadn't even thought about that it's absolutely right you know like a big uh premiership league game or whatever yeah, and yeah. Uh, uh there's a lot of money riding on these specific events right yes yes indeed and as i say if if a system fails which it, it rarely does but if it does it not only costs the money for that event but it could cost future revenue as well because Somebody that's maybe won that bet, but they haven't been able to place it or haven't been able to claim it, sure. may not use that site again. So it could be catastrophic. God, yeah. Um, and Ben, in terms of the work that you do, is it purely in the UK or is it overseas? I know It's not just the UK. Okay. Uh, a lot of our clients are spread about the UK, but we also deal with Sweden. It's a big hub for gaming. Uh, and we're also looking to get into Germany. It's not something that we've done so much with at the moment, but it's something that we're expanding to. Really yes, Malta and Gibraltar are both massive, massive hubs. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, look, thanks for that. Thanks for the uh, for the education on 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 e-gaming. No and, problem. You know, for for anybody out there that uh, you know doesn't quite know how that industry works, that's a great insight. Um, 
Ben, you I know that you're a fan of Recruiters Live Lounge. Um, yes, I know that you've seen the format. You know that we always like to kick off with our guests' favourite success or motivation quote. What's yours? Yes, mine is, a ship in harbour is safe, but that's not what ships are built for. <laughs> so I, I think straight away you've probably got the concept. I think a lot of people are very, very comfortable yeah. in that situation. Yeah. Not necessarily always work-related, but um, it, it's quite good for recruitment specifically because we have lots of candidates that they want to move, they want to dip their toe in the water, but it's safe, it's secure, they know the manager, they know they can get time off, etc. Sure. Um, particularly we see it with people that want to leave a large company um, in the gaming space, if you look at maybe Sky or you look at William Hill, Betfair, etc. And we're trying to get them into maybe a startup, a smaller company. Sure. And it's a big kind of net of safety to leave, to then go somewhere that is, is a little bit risky. But it's the people that do that tend to, to be very successful, I've found. I, you know, absolutely right. I think I, I used to describe that as the womb factor. You know, when you're yes. working with a big corporate or a, you know, a large company or somebody that you've worked with for I don't know longer than five years or six years, you get nice and yeah. cozy and comfortable. Yeah. And the thought of going out and working for anybody else is scary, but the thought of going into a smaller pond is, you know. Uh, even scarier um ben i'm interested to know you know it's a great quote it's funny because i've not heard that quote before so thank you for sharing it how do you apply that personally to your business because it's you know yeah from a personal perspective um it brought me to audentia to be honest because i was at the same company for a couple of years it was fairly safe it was fairly secure but I think any entrepreneur or anybody that that wants to set up their own business in any field has a slight sort of nagging that you know that there's something that isn't quite right there's something that isn't quite there and the stars kind of align and and you have to make a a decision and I think for myself if if I'm honest I was I sort of stepped back from the company that I've been working for and I took a month out and I had to think, you know, is recruitment something that I want to do? Do I want to try a new industry? Yeah. You know, the ship was certainly in the harbour at that point. And, um, and I thought, well, what is it that I can't do on my own that a company that I'd be doing for a company? Um, and that pretty much sort of pulled the anchor up and I went, okay, let's give it a go. And, you know, sometimes as you probably aware the sea isn't always calm you know there there are some rough seas out there and there are some moments that have been very scary uh, during my process with Audentia but at the same time there have been some smooth sailing and it's 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 very nice when that happens and and thank you for sharing that I I I agree with you I love I love that uh, application there Um, and just revealing a bit about your journey as well that it is scary, you know, if you're working yeah. and, and you're getting paid reasonably well and, and you know the ropes at that company, it's it, it does take a lot to be to 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 be that analytical and strategic about it where you step back and yeah. you go, do you know what? It's like I need to make that move. It reminds me um, a lot of people thought that I was really crazy at the time. I was working with uh, one of the UK's largest, in fact, at that stage, the largest provider of human resources and, and training in the UK, a £350 million PLC. I was a director there. I was very, very well taken care of. 
But as you said, it was that niggly something just there yeah. was a little voice in my head or on the side of my shoulder that just kept saying, mm, you know, you're working for somebody else, you're working for somebody else, you, you really should be doing this. This isn't your destiny. And I, I'd ignored that voice for too long. And then finally, actually, I made the move. And at the time, very scary, as you said. It's like I, I yeah. actually didn't even know what those seas looked like outside the harbour. <laughs> um, but um, I'm really glad that I took, you know, I took that leap of faith and, and back myself. Because you know what, Ben, and congratulations to you, you know, for starting you. Audentia. You know, having known you before in your previous in uh, previous incarnation and knowing you now, you're one of the few who do rather than the many who talk about it you know yeah, it's a big difference a massive massive difference and i know that there'll be people watching and listening to this episode that will take real inspiration from your story about you know what when it when you have to do it you just have it. do it yeah yeah um, it, that voice never goes away does it no <laughs> so i mean but i think i think it was the right time and i think from the people that i've spoken to Everybody that does it, they don't regret it no. because whether it goes right or wrong, the learning process is accelerated. Absolutely. So they they learn something, whether it be actually the harbour's a pretty good place to live. You know, at least they know. Absolutely right. Yeah, you're right. It gives you a better appreciation of what the, the harbour or the grass on your side, yeah. Yeah. you know, was like. Um, great. Thank you for sharing that, Ben. I really appreciate it. Um, ben... What's the biggest failure that you would describe in your recruitment industry? Biggest mistake you ever made? This isn't something that a lot of people know about. Um, so it's an exclusive for Live Lounge. <laughs> okay. um, but I've actually left the harbour before and the boat sank relatively <laughs> quickly. Um, I was 23 at the time and I set up a business which cost a fortune and lasted about four months. Ow. And it was it was horrific. Um, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Um, setting up a business on the cusp of one of the biggest recessions the country's ever had. Probably not a great idea, as I say, in hindsight. Um, but it wasn't that. You know, there are a lot of companies that survived, whether they streamlined or they, or they grew. You know, sure. a lot of companies did survive the recession. Uh, my problem was an inflated ego. Right. You know, I'd, I'd won Rookie of the Year, I thought. Um, there's a guy that was on The Apprentice. I, I think, unfortunately, he's passed away. Stuart Stuart Bags. Right. Okay. And he yeah, said certainly. something that really stuck with me, which is uh, everything I touch turns to sold, <laughs> which is obviously you know a ridiculous statement. But I really did feel that back in back in the day when I was 23, um, and I because I'd had such success so quickly, I had forgotten the ladder that you have to climb to get there. Yeah. And, you know, as you well teach in, in all of your training literature, you have to do the basics first, you know. And I hadn't done any of that. I just figured one call, that's going to make me a fortune. I'm going to be great at this. And it all went horribly wrong very, very quickly. Um, I, I got back on the horse. I went to work for another company. That's when I realized that you can transition through industries, etc. But it at the time, it was catastrophic and it cost a lot of money and it, it left it left me in a bit of debt and stuff. But looking back on it, if I hadn't had that opportunity and I hadn't done that, Audentia wouldn't be successful today. So, you know, with the benefit of time, it was a drop in the ocean. Yeah. Sorry to use so many sea metaphors. I, <laughs> I reckon there's going to be plenty more coming. That's good. Yeah, keep keep yeah, them coming. Um, ben, thank you. I really appreciate you kind of sharing that as well. And, you know... It, 
it's often difficult, I think, for a lot of people to say, oh, you know what, I made a mistake or, you know, this happened bad for me. Because we always like to, as you said, when you're rookie of the year, you want to put that stuff yeah. forward. But the, the, the takeaway for me from that is, I think, very, very common. Uh, certainly my experience as well, you know, good entry into recruitment, good, uh, you know, first year, earn a lot of money. And then all of a sudden thinking, oh, God, I've arrived. Yeah. And actually yeah. you take your your eye off the ball. You're not learning anymore. You're plateauing or even worse, you're falling. Yes. Um but you know what? The short, sharp shock, it, you know, it happened for you. You got back on the horse and, and see, I'm using horse analogies now. <laughs> uh, you got back on it. And and, <laughs> um, and Audentia's here, as you said, you know, yeah. and, and it's a fantastic achievement. Um, ben, what was the eureka moment for you when, I don't know, in recruitment or as a business owner, when the light bulb goes off and you go, oh, I've got it. What was that moment for you? Uh, there were two really, Roy. Um, the first was, as you mentioned in the intro, that recruitment is a process. Yeah. Um, that led me to success in different industries. And it really is a process, as you, again, teach in your literature. You Thank haven't you. paid me, but, you know, you, you are an influential figure. And it, it really it really is a process. And once you get your head around the process, it's not rocket science. The no. theory behind it, as long as you know, and more importantly, you apply it. You know, again, you said in the in the intro that somebody that does it rather than somebody talks about it. Once you apply it each and every day, the job becomes a lot easier. So, you know, learning the process and being able to transition was one thing. The second thing, as I say, you know, when I took took my month off after leaving my last company, my head was kind of not in the right place. I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And then the eureka moment was, hey, I'm actually pretty good at this, you know, and it's because I've looked at different industries, I know the process, I can really apply that and I can do things differently. And I'm I'm certainly not sort of advocating that I do things better than anybody else. You know, there are a lot of companies that are a lot more successful than Audentia. Sure. However, what I would say is that once your head is in the right place, you have that moment where you think, I'm going to give this a go. I'm going to do it my way. And it either works or it doesn't. And, yeah. you know, through God's good graces, it's it's working at the minute. So... I'm a happy man. Good. And that's really good to hear as well, Ben. Um, I, 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 you know, it's like I totally subscribe to this thing. I, I got into trouble uh, years ago with an esteemed colleague of mine who said, Roy, you know what? You always describe it as it's not rocket science. It's a formula. If you do A, you do B, you'll end up with C. Um, and she said to me, look, I, you know, I don't think you're, you're doing the industry any favours by, by describing it as that because recruitment is complex. And I said, I disagree. I really yeah. don't believe that recruitment is complex. Um, but it's about being brilliant at the basics. You know, it's like it, it doesn't have to be complex, but do the things and do them yeah. world class, do them to the best of your ability. Um and yeah, so I, you know, I disagreed with her then. I disagree with her now, and it seems like you're on the same. <laughs> I agree with you, right? Same page as well. Good. We'll all get them fine. <laughs> um, tell me, Ben, what do you do on a consistent daily basis that you think sets you up for success? So maybe it's a morning routine, or maybe it's your yeah. planning, or whatever. But something that you do every single day. Uh, for me, it's business development. 
Uh, it's a part of the job that I've always enjoyed. And I think it's a part of the job that is often forgotten, especially if you get to a level of success. You know, you're a senior consultant, you might be a managing consultant, and you might think, I don't have to do that anymore. It's beneath me. It really isn't. You know, to, to keep the pipeline refreshed, to keep yourself going, to keep the company growing, you have to do it. And it shouldn't be a chore either. You know, if you like the business that you're in, and if you like recruitment, it, you should like talking to people and it should be a natural progression uh, throughout your career. And you should theoretically get better at it and your hit rate should get better. Um, for me personally, I set myself a goal of, of five key decision makers per day. Uh, it doesn't sound a lot, but if you think about the amount of calls you have to make to get through to five people, sure. Um, that becomes 25 a week, it becomes 100 a month, and that's a rolling figure, you know, so you're always, again, theoretically, uh, going to have some fresh people to talk to and some interesting conversations. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And Ben, look, again, there's going to be people watching this and, and, and uh, listening to this episode. Um, you do that activity every single day, don't you? Every day. Good, okay. I love the resolution there, the tenacity. Yeah. Um, and five key decision makers. So, and I, I get you. It's like in order to connect with five, we've got to make yep. a, a number of calls to, to, to get through. There's a lot of people that I coach and and, and uh, you know meet in recruitment that say, oh well, you don't have to make calls. It's like you know we can send email and 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 LinkedIn, you know, connection requests. What, what's your response to that? I think you need to have a balance. Yes. Sometimes LinkedIn is 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 a very very good tool, it's uh, good but tool. it's not. The only tool. Email is a good tool, but it's not the only tool. Sure. It, you know, a lot of the clients that I have got have come from LinkedIn. They've come from meetings. Not necessarily all of them are from calls, but whatever happens, at some point you're going to have to pick the phone up. You're going to have to go meet with them. And I think technology. We're from the old school. I mean, you know, back in the day, you had a phone seller taped around your head, and you were told, you know, you have to make phone calls. And I've never lost that. And I think it's a shame that people hide behind emails somewhat because you have to have a personal connection. Relationships are what sells. People buy from people. And to, to, to get out there and meet them, to talk to them on the phone, even just to hear that voice. I know it sounds a bit strange, but sure. it, it's different. It's very anonymous sending an email, sending a LinkedIn request. Yeah. But to actually talk to somebody, you're connecting, you understand them a bit more. And then I always go and meet the clients. There's not a client that I've got on our books that I, have, I haven't met. Just really? because I think you may lose one or two that they may not get you, your philosophies, etc. But the ones that, that you do have that you know you get on with and that you could go for a beer with, they're going to be your clients that are with you for life, really. I, I, I love old school and I've still got the sellotape marks, I think, <laughs> where the telephone was was attached to my head. Yeah. Um, um, good, okay. And and look, just, just a question on that as well. Five five connected calls or five um, key decision makers that you connect with every day. Yeah. Could you put a kind of a, 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 a sorry, a telephone um, time, i.e. how much time do you spend on a telephone every day? How many hours would you Probably say? Probably about two to three hours. Good. Um, what I would say is a lot of the calls, and I, I think there's a question coming up that, that maybe I'll cover this a bit more sure. detail, but there's, there's no excuse for a cold call anymore, Roy. I, I don't think there ever was, but yeah. certainly not in this day and age with all the social media, LinkedIn, um, you know, to, to a lesser extent, Facebook, Twitter, certainly. You're always going to have a reason to call somebody. Yeah. If you're phoning somebody up saying, have you got any jobs? you're probably not going to last very long in recruitment. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And it was never world-class practice to do that. No. But, but sadly, it was common practice. It was common practice, wasn't it? 
<laughs> ben, what do you see as your biggest strength and conversely your biggest weakness as a recruitment entrepreneur? Um, I'd, I'd probably say the, the same answer for both, Roy, if I'm honest, which is passion. I think a lot of people have probably said passion is a strength. I'd certainly see it as a weakness as well. Yeah. Uh, the reason that it's a strength is I love people. I love talking, right. uh, sometimes to my detriment. Um, I love the industry as well. I, my, my dad's a professional poker player. Uh, he runs uh, a casino up in Nottingham. So, you know, gaming is kind of in the blood somewhat. And sure. everybody that I meet in gaming is just a really cool person. It's somebody that, as I say, you would go for a beer with. Everybody's kind of relaxed. And it's also, you know, everybody likes to have a little flutter now and again. So it's it's quite an industry, interesting industry to be in. Sure. So I've got passion for both recruitment, for talking to people and for for the gaming industry as well as the recruitment industry. The reason that it's a weakness as well, Roy, is... I've been in the recruitment nearly 11 years, so certainly well over 10. And sure. even now, there are things, no matter if you follow the process, you know, you could do your counter offer conversation, you could get them more money, you could do this, that and the other. The client, though, could pull their budget. The candidate could decide they want to stay. They could mm. take another mm. offer at the last minute. And from a passionate perspective, that still hurts mm. and it shouldn't because we all know that it's a law of averages. Sometimes you're the windscreen, sometimes you're the bug. Yeah. However, it's not. It, it's still very painful for me. I don't know if it's the same for everybody else, but I it think, still hurts. I think it always hurts. I, I really do. I agree with you. I think the passion can be our greatest strength and it can be our, our Achilles heel. Um, but the biggest takeaway I got from that, Ben, was I'm never gonna invite you or your dad over for a poker game, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's a recipe to lose my money. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> Beware. Okay, um, <laughs> good answers. Thank you. Um, ben, look, having worked in the recruitment industry for the time that you have, you've seen a lot of change. I'm yeah. going to ask you to look into your crystal ball and, and uh, you know, think about how you see the recruitment industry developing over the next three to five years. Uh, as, you, as you pointed out at the top of the programme, I follow Live Lounge quite a lot, and I'm going to have to go the, the old cliche that niche is 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 key. key. You know, niche is it's going to be something moving forward that every company has to do in order to survive because it, it makes so much sense. Yeah, yeah. If you've got somebody that is well aware of everything that's going on in their industry, they know the key movers and shakers. They're always always going to do better than a large generalist. Yeah. However, as a contradiction to that. What I envisage happening is a lot of mergers and acquisitions. Mm. So what you're going to get is you're going to get a lot of companies that are niche and that organically grow, like right. Audentia, plug, um, and they will certainly grow their industry. So if you've got somebody in oil and gas, for example, somebody in gaming, construction, pharma, and the bigger boys will say, these guys are actually really good at what they do. We can't set up a team that is going to rival them. So exactly, we're going to buy them. Yeah. And then that that generalist is going to become, I know it sounds strange, but a niche generalist. Yeah. Because they're going to have departments that have organically grown, that have good names in the business. And then they are going to be mega companies. You know, yeah. they, they're going to really kind of grow as, as, the, as the golden age of recruitment, as, as people are calling it, continues. I think you're absolutely right there, Ben. And it, it is that description of, um, uh, it's almost like a, a generalist um stable of yeah. niche specialists world-class yeah. specialists so it, it sounds odd doesn't it to say it together how could you be a niche generalist but i, I think it will happen 
I don't know. Listen, I, it, the Galacticos. It's almost yes. like that kind of thing, yes, isn't it? Exactly. With uh, with Real Madrid. Um, yeah. ah, that's really interesting. Okay, I, I'm 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 enjoying that vision. I think I, the, the whole niche piece. I, you know, yeah. you know me. I've been banging that drum for so many years, but. Yeah, um, exactly. It's good. I think it's really, really good that the industry is catching up on that and that, you know, we are seeing that, you know, a, a really well-organized, well-connected niche specialist can far outperform a generalist that tries to get involved in that sector. Um, you know, hands down, it's like they'll beat them every single day on skill and speed and everything else. Um, and I'm glad that that's being celebrated now. You know, it's been around, yeah. but I'm glad it's being celebrated. Um, ben, we've reached that stage where I've got to ask you the question, are you ready for the lightning round? I am indeed, Roy. Good. Okay, born ready. The lightning round. Ben, what was the number one thing that you see holding recruiters back from being more successful? I think taking action, Roy. To be honest, a lot of people, as you say, you know, they talk, they don't do. In theory, recruitment can be learned within half a day in a classroom. But to actually put that into practice each and every day is very difficult. And I think for anybody that's just got into the industry or been in it a couple of years that's watching, the reason that you may be a little bit demotivated is it's an industry where you do a hell of a lot of work, but you might not necessarily get anything for it. You might not get the deal, you know, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. But if you carry on doing the basics every single day, you will get there. Yeah. Good advice. Really, really good advice. And on that subject, what's the best piece of business or recruitment advice you've ever received? The best business advice that I've ever had was 50% of the job is turning up. Um, not necessarily just being there in presence, but also obviously having the attitude sure. and, 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 and the aptitude to apply the things that you're learning. But it, it really is true because I, I think if you put somebody at a desk in recruitment and they have some basic training, hmm. they're going to get bored if they're not doing anything. So eventually they'll do something. So a large part of it is actually being there, being in the office. You know, If you're in the office, there's a big buzz. People are making money, making deals, ringing the bell, whatever they do to celebrate. You're going to get involved. It's infectious. Yeah. And just by being there, you will raise the game and, and you'll raise your bar to hopefully eclipse them, but certainly to, to meet them. Show up. I love that. I really love that. Um, ben, something that you see working brilliantly in your business or for you personally it could be a hack or an app or a piece of software but something that you use or your business uses that works really well we're going to go back to business development here roy okay. um i mentioned it earlier that there's no reason for a cold call with all of the social media but not just that i think as, as you rightly pointed out business and recruitment have evolved to such a stage that certainly in the last five or six years, people don't like being sold to. Mm. And it's so obvious when they're being sold to that yeah. they just switch off because yeah. they're just harassed every day by not just recruiters, by so much junk mail. Everybody's trying to sell somebody something. Yeah. So I think, you know, without going into too much detail, from a business development perspective, it's, it's a lot better if you're almost anti-selling you know, you're building the relationship. The relationship comes first and then it moves on to, you know, actually we could help you out. If you're phoning up, just sort of saying, I've seen a job. I know somebody that can fill it. You're not going to get very far because they would have had that five or 10 times the same day. 
Mm. Great advice, Ben. Is there a tool that you use to, I don't know, keep tabs on all that social media? You're just talking about, you know, making sure that you are looking. It's more, it's not necessarily a tool. It's more, uh, you know, if you're going to call somebody, there's no excuse not to research them and the company. You know, I've heard recruiters in the past, not mentioning any names, that they they literally phone them up. And, and, you know, sometimes you catch somebody on the right day. And they might turn around and they might say, okay, what do you know about our company? Yeah. And I've heard those recruiters stumble and they've lost that opportunity where somebody else that has actually taken a couple of minutes before yeah. to research the company, research the skill sets, whatever that may be, they're going to be successful. And, you know, it only takes one or two and that could be your revenue that month. That's right. That's right. Good advice. I, it's funny, I always ask that question. No one rings me to sell me anything. First yeah. question I ask is brilliant. What do you tell me? What do you know about me, or what do you know about my business? Woe be told, woe be the, the 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 salesperson that doesn't know anything. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, ben, what's the best, uh, most inspirational read that you've had in the last six months? So any book, business book, or just a great read? What have you? What have you? Well, I've had a, a a couple, actually a couple from Live Lounge. I can't remember who it was, but okay. they recommended uh, uh, Felix Dennis. Brilliant book. Uh, I think it was something how to get rich. Yes. Um, and also the E Myth Revisited. So I've read both of those yeah. recently, which are very good. Good. Uh, myself, I've read Donald Trump Think Big. Brilliant. Uh, a good example of his attitude, which I really enjoy, um, is he said something along the lines of, "What would you like to earn this year? Five thousand, fifty thousand, or five hundred thousand?" Uh, obviously, most people reading the book went for the 500,000. And he said on the next page, if it was me, I would have crossed through all of them and put 5 million, which I thought was, was fantastic because you're not limited to these options, which I thought was really good. Yeah. The other book that I reread recently, I don't know if you're familiar with Richard Templer. Uh, he he writes the rules. So he's he's got the rules of wealth, the rules of work. Sure. Uh, he's got a couple of others. But the rules of work is very, very interesting. And I think if you're at a certain level where you're looking to get promoted or you've just got into the industry, it's a very, very good book because it's all about fake it till you make it. It's about dressing for success. You know, it, there's a part of it where he's talking about somebody that was, was very, very good at their job, but they came in on a motorcycle and everybody kind of thought, this guy's sort of a younger guy because he's riding a motorcycle, which, you know, I've got nothing against motorcyclists, but I, I, I get the idea that, sure. you know, if, if he was coming in in a three-piece uh, suit and, and looking very professional, it, it may look a bit different. Sure. Certainly, yeah. as, as I say, nothing against motorcyclists. <laughs> You'll have, all, you'll have all of the motorcyclists, recruiting's out, recruiting clubs out there that are motorcyclists by you know, sort of uh, giving you abuse on social media now, Ben. Yeah, by all means. <laughs> um, I will look out for that book because I, I do know the author and I've read other books. I don't think I've read Rules of Work, so I'm going to get that um, yeah. as soon as this uh, interview's finished. Um, I've got my final question for you in the lightning round, Ben. If you woke up tomorrow morning armed with the same knowledge, the same experience that you have, um, but uh, your recruitment business wasn't there, what would you do? How would you start up again? Uh, I'd probably invent a way to make cheap plastic bags and sell them for less than five feet. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think you'd make a fortune. Um, no, but in all seriousness, I, I think I'd, I'd stay in recruitment. Um, I think what I'd look at, and I, I've thought about this a lot recently, I'm not really sure sort of 
where you go. Maybe it's a discussion for another day. But I'd look at emerging technology, so all of the 3D printables, the Internet of Things, and everything that's coming out, because I think if we're not sure what the technology is going to be, we're not sure how to recruit it, because theoretically the people aren't there. Yeah. So it may be a an idea to set up some sort of training academy, get sort of the bright young graduates, train them up on what is going to be the future of tech mm. and then almost have a bench system where you're sending them out to to larger clients i'm all over that ben i think i think we may have an idea there for our next venture our next jv together by, by all means <laughs> um <coughs> ben i'm really sad we've come to the end of our time in recruiters live lounge but i've really enjoyed listening to your answers i've really enjoyed you sharing uh, that experience so on behalf of everyone at recruiters live lounge i, I just want to say thank you um but thank you Roy. that's all right before we let you go just two final pieces i'd ask of you how can someone get in touch with you after this show and parting advice what would be your parting advice for anybody listening or watching this episode okay so uh, ben at audentia.com Ben, could you, could you, so feel free to give me. Ben, could you repeat that for us just one more time? Sure. It's ben at audentia.co.uk, which is A-U-D-E-N-T-I-A, ben at audentia.co.uk. My final part of advice would be for anybody that is at a level where they feel they could start a business or at a level where they're comfortable is just to go for it because you're not going to lose out by trying something new, you're going to learn things. And even if you learn things that put you back on the path, it's it's going to be worth it because it's much better. I, I forget the quote exactly, but it's much better to try something and regret trying it than to regret not doing it in the first place. I'm sure there's a there's a better quote than that, but you, you know what I mean. You know what at. you mean. Yeah. Ben, listen, thank you so much. I've really, really enjoyed it. And um, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Roy. Take care. To everyone else that's watching or listening to this episode, um, you've been listening to Ben Scobie Trumper um, of Audentia Recruitment. Um, if you want to get more episodes like this, if you want to listen to the most inspiring recruitment business leaders on the planet, then make sure you subscribe. Go to recruiterslivelounge.com, click subscribe, they'll get sent to you automatically. Until I see you again in the live lounge, take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Recruiters Live Lounge with Roy Ripper. Join us next time for more insights and incredible success journeys to help you be a better recruitment business leader. What would it feel like to get all of your back office administration done under one roof? EasyPay provide funding, payroll and back office services to support your recruitment business. EasyPay want to offer one month's free fees to any new customers who come through Recruiters Live Lounge. Just go to easypayservices.co.uk forward slash rec live lounge.